To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our meditation on this seventh Sunday after Pentecost is the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. We groan as we eagerly wait for our adoption, the freeing of our bodies from sin. All creation has been groaning with the pains of childbirth up to the present time. The Spirit intercedes along with our groans that cannot be expressed in words. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, mankind's only way to life everlasting, my beloved. One of the most challenging and difficult things, ask any pastor, that he does during the week is prepare for his message. Uh, it seems like a um, long and uncomfortable process. Uh, you can ask my wife, because on occasions I will get up in the middle of the night and go to the dining room table and write some things down, and she said, sermon thought? I said, yeah. Uh, one pastor put it this way. He said, um, preparing a sermon is sort of like uh, pre being pregnant. And uh, in fact, he told his wife, you know, getting ready to preach a sermon is just like being pregnant. His wife said, oh, come on now. How would you know? Have you ever been pregnant? He said, no. Have you ever written a sermon? The second reading for today from Romans chapter 8 uses the illustration of a pregnancy. In fact, actually, to be more explicit, a mother going through labor pains. Now, I do have to tell you that I never went through uh, labor pains, but I was uh, in the labor and delivery room with my wife on three of the occasions of our four kids. The first one, they wouldn't let the fathers in. And uh, if the expression on her face was any indication as to what she was thinking about, uh, it looked like it was painful. You know, they try to teach you all those uh, breathing exercises. When it comes right down to the fact, it sort of really doesn't work. St. Paul gets very explicit in his words this morning. And he refers to the fact that during labor, because of the pain, sometimes a woman groans, if not outwardly, uh, certainly inwardly. The disobedience of our very first parents, Adam and Eve, brought the consequences of suffering into our world. Painful suffering in our world causes groans. And that's uh, really the message this morning, real groans. Somebody's groaning in this world. St. Paul says, we groan. He says, all of creation groans. He says, even the Holy Spirit groans. 
Suffering is in our world because of Adam and Eve's disobedience, falling into sin. Now, from us, for us Christians, from our vantage point, you know, suffering is not all a bad thing. St. Paul says, Romans chapter 5, We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So suffering, uh, God indicates in Holy Scriptures, like God's chisel. He uses it to shape us into beautiful and perfectly formed building blocks in his spiritual temple so that we will all be beautifully joined together. So suffering is not all bad, but suffering does hurt. But St. Paul gives us this encouragement. In the middle of our suffering here in this world, we can be patient. Because just like a mother suffering those labor pains, and they seem to be so long, soon they're over, and then what happens, there's that unbelievable joy of a newborn child. So in reality, to all eternity, our sufferings here in this world are really pretty short-lived. And they're going to end with the perfection of joy everlasting. It's kind of interesting to uh, know when you, you uh, study history that right after Jesus ascended into heaven, there was a religion that began, and actually it was sort of continued through uh, Christian science. I don't know how many Christian science people there are still worshiping today, but they believe that uh, everything that we see, feel, and touch really is a figment of your imagination. It really doesn't exist. It's all just a state of mind. But you, know, you and I know that we're living in a real physical world. This is God's creation. What you see, feel, and touch is real. Once, everything was perfect. Then after Adam and Eve's real disobedience, along came sin with the bodily suffering that we endure for our entire lifetime. Now, it might be bodily, it might be physical, I mean, it might be uh, emotional, it might be mental. You know all the problems in life. Sometimes you have health problems, job problems, family problems, stress problems, conflictual problems. I deal with suffering on a daily basis. Not my own, but I see the suffering of our members. I know that there is suffering in the world because I visit hospitals, rehab centers, cancer centers, mental health hospitals. I see signs every time I go in there and it sort of makes you kind of sick. Neurology, oncology, dermatology, cardiology, psychiatry, orthopedic, renal labs. All evidences of suffering. The one that really tears my heart out though is when I have to go to children's hospitals what dedicated people there are there. People are suffering. You and I are suffering. Physically, perhaps mentally, emotionally, sometimes little things like a hangnail or a headache, sometimes real big problems. St. Paul says, though, amidst them all, we can be patient. 
He said, you know, it's not really worth it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to compare our present sufferings to the eternal glories of heaven. Sort of like putting it in a balanced scale. What happens when you take a look at your current sufferings in comparison to the joys that are going to be ours in heaven? The assets far outweigh the liabilities. As seemingly bad as some of the things that we undergo in this world, they're going to pale in, into insignificance compared with the eternal joys in heaven. But life is for us uh, is like living uh, in labor. But labor doesn't last forever. Finally, a baby is delivered, and there is relief and great joy, and all the pain is forgotten. And we are guaranteed to be released from all of our difficulties. St. Paul says that even though we groan inwardly, God has given his spirit as the first of God's gifts. Now, maybe you heard me say it, but in the Old Testament, God demanded that his people, when they brought offerings, that they would bring the first fruits, the first and the best of their harvest to the Lord in love and trust. What St. Paul is doing is he's reversing the whole picture. He's saying that God gives us his first and his best. And what is that? The Holy Spirit. He gives us his Holy Spirit not only to make us into his own children, to be guaranteed of the forgiveness for our souls, but also a guarantee of the relief of, our, of all the problems of our bodies. One day... Our bodies are going to be like Jesus. St. Paul says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. St. John says, But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't that going to be great? No braces, no wheelchairs, no pills, no hospital beds. How great it will be uh, once we get to heaven with our glorified bodies to run around like 18 and 20-year-olds. If you want to, uh, you can get involved in the triathlon. You won't have to worry about low-impact or high-impact sports. Get involved in the triathlon, but I'll have to warn you, in heaven there are no losers. Never getting tired for all eternity. Our release from bodily groaning, guaranteed. St. Paul reminds us, though, this morning also that we as humans are not the only ones that are groaning. What he does is he takes the opportunity to personify our planet. And he says that we know that all creation is eagerly waiting for God to reveal who his, who his children are. Creation was subjected to frustration, but not by its own choice. The one who subjected it to frustration did so in the hope that it would also be set free from uh, slavery to decay, de from decay. We know that all creation has been groaning with the pains uh, of childbirth up to the present time. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, the whole world was affected. In fact, the Bible says God subjected it as a result of sin. Genesis chapter 3, 
to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Since the fall into sin, the whole world is groaning. My brother is a veterinarian, deals with animal diseases every day. None of that before the fall. What do we have in our world? Extinction of species, natural disasters, tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, hailstorms, flooding. It's almost as the whole planet or the whole world is convulsing in pain. Even scientists have to attest to the fact that our world is in a state of decay or tending towards chaos. Do any study of science? Uh, second law of thermodynamics tells us that the world is decaying, moving towards, they call it, entropy or chaos. The earth is running down. We are not in an evolutionary move on up. We're in a devolutionary move on down. In fact, uh, according to science, if the world le is let go, it's going to die a cold death. Run out of energy. Of course, that won't happen because we know that our Lord Jesus will return way before then. But the world is decaying. Flesh decays. Metal rusts. Bread molds. Wood rots. A decaying world. Nevertheless, God tells us, you take good care of this planet because it's my gift to you. Take care of my creation. Our planet is a creation of God. Our planet is not God. We don't worship Mother Earth or the planet. Some believe, unfortunately, that this Earth of ours is the only place of existence. Some, some people worship Mother Earth, Mother Nature. It's amazing how people talk about Mother Nature and Mother Earth and all those things, and they never mentioned God. Oh, the weather, it's all under God's control. When was the last time you heard a weatherman talk about that? But since the fall into sin, this world is not a utopia. It's only temporary housing. St. Paul says that all of creation eagerly waits for God. It's sort of like... Uh, uh, standing on tippy toes when you go to the 4th of July parade, you know, trying to see the, uh, the celebrity that's coming. All creation is waiting eagerly to be re released. God promises us a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Now, I don't know how that's going to come about. We, God talks about fire in the Bible, ending this whole uh, place, whether it's going to be all burned up and he's going to start over or whether he's just going to purge it with fire, I really don't know. But it's going to be once again a pristine planet of beauty. Can you imagine your favorite, your most favorite vacation spot? Multiply that times a million times and you still only get a fraction of the beauties of heaven. Until then, I groan, you groan. The whole planet groans. But St. Paul even says the Holy Spirit groans. What in the world does that mean? I visited members, church people throughout my ministry. 
who after surgery or because of some of disease, they're sort of comatose, you know, they come in and they go out and all they can do is lie there and groan. Sometimes maybe they can muster a few words and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? St. Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So many times in our difficulties, we really don't know what to pray for. God, make me well again. God, I could really use a job. God, I need more money. Make me better. Take me to heaven. What kind of prayer is truly pleasing to God? St. Paul says, don't worry. In our sinful nature, the Holy Spirit comes and fixes our broken prayers so that they sound beautiful in the eyes of God and are exactly what he wants us to ask for. How can that all happen? Because your Heavenly Father knows all of your needs and what's in your heart right now. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly what God is pleasing to God the Father. And so with God the Father looking down and the Holy Spirit communicating to him for you, even your groans ascend as beautiful prayers to your Lord in heaven. It's too bad. The real realities of this world is that we're all suffering because of the results of sin. We suffer here on earth. And this world of ours, and, and that's why I've thought about this so many times and it takes away a lot of your depression. The world, this world of ours, cannot offer what you really need and what you really want, and that's complete relief from all your problems. But our gracious God, through faith in Jesus Christ, promises us a new heaven and a new earth where all the groanings are gone. No more groanings, only happiness and joy. Earth will no longer gro uh, groan. Beautiful place, never to decay. The Holy Spirit will no longer groan because you won't have to ask for help anymore in heaven because everything will be perfect, all that relief. And you know why? Because your dear Lord and brother Jesus Christ came along and groaned the loudest that anybody could ever. Oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And because of that groan, your groans, which should have been eternal, are only temporal. And whenever you think about it, you know, no matter what your problem is right now, we're not alone. We have each other. And walking right alongside of us is none other than the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're going to make it. And so we say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. Thank you. 